Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Here on IMSA radio. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. And this weekend, it is the GT cars that take centre stage. 20 entry. Sheer Adam is in the pit lane and it's hot. It's very hot indeed. 93 uh, degrees on the track, 91 in the air. Uh, so just perfect for an originally Florida girl like Shea Adam. Hello, Shea. Hey, John. It feels quite nice out here, actually. I was just talking with Johnny Knotts, the lead pit lane official, about how it's not as hot as we expected, and it varies depending on where you are on the pit lane. Now, because this is GT only, we've got a bit more space between each car. If you have a sister car, you are still inhibited by the other car, i.e. the two pit boxes are next to each other, but everyone else with a bit of a gap. So all the way back down the pit lane means that you've got some room to play, in essence, to clean in and to clean out for these single car teams. Further back down the pit lane, though, John, it's very stuffy. There's less of a breeze as opposed to where I'm standing right now, which hopefully you can hear in the background all the cars rolling out onto the racetrack right towards pit out. Very nice breeze. And just on the other side of the big red barn toward the starter stand, it feels, dare I say it, almost pleasant. But it is still warm. And with 19 race cars taking to the track with 3.27 miles, it could get a little bit hmm, traffic-y out there, dare I even say. Right, for those that weren't with us on Wednesday for Midweek Motorsport, five GTD pros and 15 uh, GTDs on the entry list. Let's first of all just talk through the entry list of what we were expecting to have, Shea. 14 GTD because Andretti Autosport has not come with their Aston Martin for the second race in a row. Their pit box is not there. And as a matter of fact, it's actually changed the layout of the pit lane for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. We've got two of the TCR teams that have swapped places. And uh, I'll get to that later when we do get to that point. But we do have 14 cars entered for that category. The only Aston Martins being that of Heart of Racing leading the championship the Vassar Sullivan Lexus. That would be the number 14 for GTD Pro. The championship leaders in GTD are Paul Miller Racing with their BMW. And we've got a very fair share of other race cars looking to try and get wins, including that one, which just rumbles by. That would be Windward Racing. Last year, they won this race. They now have the worst box on the pit lane as far as GTD is concerned because they are the furthest down in the championship points. So they're trying to set things right this weekend, John. Hello to everybody at the circuit listening in and thank you to all of our technicians in Charlotte at the track itself and indeed at our main control room in London, England where Tim Gray is pushing the buttons tonight thanks to Keith and the rest of the team in Charlotte uh, at NASCAR Productions for getting us not only around the world but around the track as well. Jeremy Shaw is the third voice that you'll hear this weekend uh, in California. So another diff- so three voices on three different time zones and we've managed to pull it all together. Uh, that means good afternoon, I suppose it still is to you, Jeremy. It is indeed, Sean. Yes, hello, everybody. Uh, uh, great to be 
here. Um, would have been even better to be at VAR, but uh, it would be better to be here. Want. Yes, I see it what would, you mean. Yeah, better, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, but look, uh, what a wonderful place to come to come roast come motor racing heaven on earth is what paul newman described this place as many years ago the late paul newman boy we miss him uh and um it is it's a glorious racetrack it's a real challenge for the teams and the drivers and of course the engineers because we've got some pretty long straights here we've got a significant amount of elevation change as well and a whole variety of corners so it's a really fun track it's going to provide a tremendous race on 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 Sunday, this is the the tenth time we've had the GT cars only here at VIR. The first year of the well, it was the United Sports Car Championship then, wasn't it? In 2014, the uh, the PC cars were here as well. But uh, since uh, f from 15 onwards, it's been only the GT cars. Now I think it's a it's a, a it's a popular event. Uh, for teams, drivers, and the fans here as well, I believe. And, and I think it's right as well that the GTs, which have given us so much great racing down the years, whether it was the GT Le Mans cars or now the GTDs and the GTD Pros, get to have centre stage. Uh, we've uh, seen these events in the past provide us with tremendous racing, and we get to focus in on what's going on. And Jeremy, as it is right now, we're into the clutch part of the season in terms of the points and the championship. How does it stand? Yeah, it, it, it's we are we are nitty gritty time now. Just uh, you're here, uh, Indianapolis, and then Petit Le Mans to go this season. So uh, it's it's all to play for and. For the uh, GTDs and GTD Pros, 11 races this season, which is one more than we've had in the past. Uh, in the GTD Pro, Jack Hawks and Ben Barnicott, they've been chalking up those uh, podium positions, uh, all except one race where they finished fourth, because there's only five cars in GTD Pro this season. But they've had a really, really good, consistent season in that Vassal Sullivan Lexus car number 14. And they've got a pretty handy lead of, uh, of uh, 169 points over the Corvette of Antonio Garcia in GTD Pro. Same in the team's championship as well, and same in the manufacturer's championship for GTD Pro as well. In GTD, also, it's been a really good uh, season, even better season for Paul Miller Racing, Brian Sellers and Madison Snow, who scored their first ever win together right here at VIR back in 2016. They won four times this year, uh, and... No other team has more, won more than twice, so it's been a fabulous year for that team. They lead by uh, 205 points over the heart of racing number 27, Aston Martin, Roman DeAndres and Marco Sorensen. And in the, the Sprint Cup Championship, which is, is the penultimate round, just Indianapolis to come, uh, Brown Sellers and Madison Snow and Paul Miller Racing in their BMW lead that championship as well. They'll be going back and forth with DeAndres and Sorensen, but with the win last time out, at Road America, they're back in the lead of that championship as well. So it's been a, a stellar season for Paul, Paul Miller Racing and trying to keep that going. Uh, let's head down to one of the drivers that you mentioned there, Lexus, and Ben Barnicott, who is alongside Cher Adam right now. So he can't be in the car, obviously, Cher. Well, for Ben Barnicott, it's been a long two-week break since we were at Road America. He got back to the podium, which is good. Only one race this year with no trophy. Uh, you'd like to set that right and keep the trophies going, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm not blaming you, but that's the only race that you didn't interview me on the grid for. So, uh, there's quite a, quite a coincidence there. But no, it's been um, yeah, a great season. Obviously, amazing to, to be leading this championship in GTD Pro for the Bastard Sullivan and Lexus Racing Team. We're Extremely proud of everything we've achieved so far and uh, the, the teamwork and ethics has been amazing. 
But yeah, we're coming into BIR. It was definitely a little bit of a tougher race for us um, last year, but we came here, we tested, we've worked a lot um, in between Road America and here to, to have the best package we can do this weekend. And um, it's going to be hot, which is a challenge. But aside from that, we're feeling confident. When it is this hot, the tire wear comes into uh, effect and the track just gets so slippery. How difficult is it to try and plan for that, particularly toward the end of a stint? Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of a bit of an unknown, right? Because you never quite know how bad it's going to be. And as you said, when it gets hotter, the tires just heat up more. That means they wear out faster. Um, and, you know, that's kind of a little bit unpredictable as to how bad it's going to be. So, um, you know, we, we like I said, we came here, we tested. We were really good and on a long run, so we were very happy about that. But it was definitely a lot cooler. So we're kind of just going with what we know right now and going to feel it out and see what we've got. Um, we're lucky that we've got two cars. So if the track conditions do change, dramatically we can go in one direction and the 12 car can go in another and we'll we'll come back together tonight and decide what the best plan is for tomorrow that's a really good point um you've been spending quite a bit of time in charlotte so as far as acclimatization goes that's a big advantage but when you come out here it still hits you doesn't it yeah no it's definitely um definitely something that i've found i've found benefit in this year spending more time in the states Firstly for jet lag, right? It's quite a big flight and a, a big time shift, but also the weather, you know, the UK's been the worst summer on record, like the coolest and wettest, and out here it's been super hot, so it definitely helps you be acclimatized and uh, ready for the races, and, you know, it's all about getting the 1% and uh, extracting every little bit you can, and, uh, you know, we're all in for this championship, and if being out here a few days early is going to help me a tiny bit, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, you mentioned being the championship. There's this weekend and two more to go, Indy and Motul Petit Le Mans. Thinking about that, do you wish these weekends would go faster as the championship leader, or do you kind of wish the season would last longer? No, it's kind of, uh, it's quite a similar feeling to when you lead in a race, right? When, when you're out, out in the lead and, and you know you're, you're having a good race, you kind of just want it to be over as quick as it can, and it, it feels quite similar right now. So if there were three races back-to-back, -back, I'd be all for that. You know, we're, we're all firing on, firing on great form right now and just be nice and good go out and execute, but, you know, bit of time's always good it gives you time to work a bit harder and, and try and be even better so uh, use it to our advantage although I, I would prefer it to not be here thanks Ben good luck to you and the whole 14 Bastard Sullivan Lexus crew thanks Jake well I don't know where Ben Barnicott's been when he's been back in the UK but if if this if this was on television and you could see me um I'm I'm as, as my mother would say good rest our soul I'm as brown as a berry at the minute I've done nothing I don't think I've had a, a pair of long trousers on for about three months and it's been a fabulous summer and I've got a great time and I've, we don't do foreign holidays. Um, I've been sitting working, um, doing work in the garden and, and washing the cars and doing bits like that. So I'm not sure where Ben's been in the UK, but another cracking day today here in Northamptonshire. Um, obviously, you know, centre of the country. <laughs> uh, every, everybody's saying that it's been raining. Um, I'm not sure where they are, but uh, your mum doesn't live too far away from, from me, uh, Jeremy, and she's, uh, she's saying it's not been a great summer in the UK either. We must have, it must be the lake that we live beside. We've got a, we've got a <laughs> microclimate here. She says it's been miserable. She says, I've hardly, hardly seen the sun for days, she says. But then she doesn't go well, out very much these days, I must admit. 
She hasn't seen her son for days. That's because you haven't well, been over. Well, that's very true. Yeah. She hasn't seen either of us, actually, because the other one's gone away as well. He's escaped, too. Uh, let's, have a look at some, <laughs> let's have a look at some times. Jack Hawks with Favassa Sullivan, GTD Pro, at the top with a 146.9. Robbie Foley for Turner Motorsport uh, in the 96 car with a 46.2. That's the best of GT Pros and the GTDs. They sit first and second. We have a new colour scheme to talk about, Jeremy, and that is the number 80. That's the AO Porsche. It's still the AO Porsche, but this is not the bright green T-Rex colours. This is the bright pink T-Rex, or dinosaur colour at least. Not Rexy, but Roxy, because Rexy's on the way to, well, at least the colour scheme, is on the way to Fuji for the WEC. Uh, and therefore, uh, therefore we've, we've got a bit of a different look there, Jeremy. Yeah, indeed so. And uh, that's right, uh, uh, Re- uh, Rexy is gone, but long live Roxy. So, uh, I, I'm, it's you know, I mean, it's a great marketing tool. Apart from anything else, I mean, it's fun for the for the whole family there because you know, Peter Hyatt's uh, son and daughter you know, love these these colours and these cars, and they have a big input into it. But it's great to see all this this marketing goes behind us as well. So, a whole whole new range of merchandise is now available. And hey, that can't do anybody any harm, can it? Uh, not indeed. Not indeed. Uh, Shea Adam at the circuit. We, we've seen the uh, we've seen the inflatable run around dinosaurs in Rexy colours. Have we got a pink Roxy in? It must be pretty hot in the in the dinosaur suit in the paddock this weekend. But have we got a pink Roxy this weekend? No, not yet, unfortunately. We do have sparkle farts, uh, so we do have a pink unicorn walking around, but no pink Rexy as of yet. And I do have confirmation from the team, by the way. This is not yet the livery for the rest of the year. We don't know what the car will look like at Indy or indeed at Petit Le Mans. Um, But if you look closely, you will notice Roxy has her nails painted, and that was all the doing of PJ's daughters, that fine little touch on it. That is absolutely brilliant. As Jeremy says, they have uh, taken this to heart. And do you know what? I, I think it's great. If it gets people uh, interested um, and it gets a, a new generation interested, I'm all for it. We are 12 and a half, call it 13 minutes, into this 90-minute session. Uh, and there are 19 cars out on the track. If you weren't with us at the top of our exclusively live broadcast of this action from VIR, no Andretti, uh, Aston Martin this weekend. And we send our best to Jared and the rest of the team. And hopefully we will see them again before the end of the season. Uh, and all the cars out for the whole of this 90 minute session we've got uh, Jack Hawksworth just gone through across the start finish line and has improved his time uh, to a 145.5 and going up into second Jeremy Patrick Pelier for Faf Motorsports in the Porsche 911 uh, with a 145.8 and Bill uh, Aaron Tealitz rather now goes to the top of GTD with a 45.9 so the time's beginning to come down in the books here, of course, long race track here, so it does take a, a while for the lap times to um, to accumulate and the lap times to come down. But as you say, it's the two GGD Pro cars at the top at the moment. Jack Hawksworth in car number 14. That lap time of a 145.548 uh, compares to the 
uh, that the, uh, the well the race lap record was actually set uh, was it you know, was set last year by Jordan Taylor at 145.4. Uh, so 145.5 now for Jack Hawksworth. Qualifying lap record was set last year. Actually, actually, was set the, the fastest time in GTD was set the year before when it was when there was no GTD Pro by Ross Gunn at a 143.356. So that's the the kind of the the time we're looking for ultimately when qualifying time comes around tomorrow. But for now, 45.5 then for Hawksworth. Uh, uh, Aaron Tielitz uh, sneaks in behind him now to second position overall in the uh, in the GT cars. One forty five point seven. Patrick Pile bundled out of third place at one forty five point eight. His best lap last time around at one forty six zero for Antonio Garcia in the number three Corvette. Bill Oberlin rounds out the top five in the second of the non-pro cars. That's the Turnamo Sport BMW car number ninety seven. And into the pit lane. Sorry, that was a bit loud. Uh, into the uh, pit lane for Patrick Pile and Faf Motorsports. Uh, Kevin Estra will be coming in uh, to that team to join Klaus Bachler and Patrick Pile for Matul Patil and Mon. Um, as Lawrence Vanter, of course, uh, has got other uh, has other duties for that weekend. However, I, I, I would say that Kevin Estra is hardly a rabbit to go in that car for the end of the season. So it's not exactly uh, a downgrading there as uh, Lawrence uh, will be uh, driving other things. So uh, another Frenchman to come in to join Patrick Pile and Klaus Backler for uh, Motul Patilamon in the uh, in the Faf Porsche, the, the slightly less plaid Porsche uh, than it has been uh, in the early part of the season, but still uh, proudly uh, wearing uh, its uh, its colours. And Jeremy, we've had a huge amount of news again. Those of you that weren't with us on Wednesday uh, on Midweek Motorsport, she and I were talking about this um, in terms of Porsches, particularly. Um, so we get this. Flurry, uh, we haven't got the GTP cars here, but clearly they're being left out this week um, because all of the seems like all the GTP teams are starting to announce things. So we find out that the Project 56, the Garage 56 um, from Le Mans, has borne fruit, and Jensen Button is going to join his mate uh, Mike Rockenfeller at uh, at JDC in the Porsche 963 at Petit. Um, but I do think this is a bit, I said it on Wednesday, this is a bit like one of those infomercials. But that's not all, because not only a world champion, um, but we've also got a double uh, IndyCar champion and an Indianapolis, and the reigning Indianapolis 500 winner coming to join the Penske team as well at Petit Le Mans. Very cool, isn't it? Yeah, I and mean, Joseph Newgarden and Scotty McLaughlin had a great time at Daytona when they drove a, a P2 car together with uh, Tower Motorsport, and uh, they've both been saying ever since then, yeah, they want to get back in this ch- in this championship, and uh, that's great news that Joseph Newgarden is going to be joining that Penske Motorsports team for Petit Le Mans. That's uh, very very exciting. Uh, no news yet about Scotty, I don't think, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him turning up somewhere along the line here fairly fairly soon so I, I think you know names like that are only going to add 
to what yeah. is already looking like a, an absolutely sensational weekend of racing. Yeah, and Lawrence Van Tour is going to be the third driver in the other Penske car. That's what's opened the seat up in the Faf Porsche for, for, uh, for Kevin uh, Estra that I was just, just mentioning. It, it just proves as if, you know, those of us who are close to it probably, we almost take this for granted, but to the outside world, Jeremy, this is great news because it's column inches, it's big names, uh, it's cross-code, if you will, and proves to everyone else what we know in this paddock and round the racetracks of IMSA is that sports car racing, and IMSA in particular, is on the up and up. No doubt about it. And uh, hey, who's going to put? Who's going to give a ride to Shane Van Gisbergen? Huh? <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, he had he had such a great time and created such an interest when he drove in that cup cup race at uh, Chicago. Particularly, of course, when he won the darn thing. Uh, no surprise there, of course. You know, he's a s- sensational driver. Uh, but um, you know, the, the biggest difference, I'm sure, for Shane was getting used to the uh, gear shift on the other side of the car. But uh, he adapted to that no point. problem at all. And uh, drove an absolutely brilliant race. That was a uh, really impressive. And you know, I know Joseph, I'm sure Joseph Newgarden will uh, get a test or two before he joins that team for Petit Le Mans, because I'm not sure that he'll have raced before at Road Atlantis, uh, Michelin Road 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 Atlantis. So that'll be a pretty steep learning curve for him. Uh, and Shane Van Gisbergen, by the way, already a very accomplished GT3, GTD driver, uh, Bathurst 12 Hours winner. Uh, and along with other uh, Aussie supercars or um, Repco uh, V8s, as they uh, are called uh, right now. Uh, 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 Chas Mostert has uh, been out in the CrowdStrike 24 hours of, of uh, Spa and plenty of other talents down there that she and I see when we're covering that 12 hours. Shea is down in the pit lane at the moment. Where have you wandered to now, Shea? All the way down towards the pit in end of things. I was wrong, actually. There is one pit box before Windward, that being AO Racing, so that's where Roxy lives. But the last time Phil Ellis got out of a Mercedes at VIR, it was in victory lane. So, Phil, how similar did the car you just took out for a couple shakedown laps feel to that beast that took you to first place last year? Uh, Well, actually very similar. You know, we're almost the same weight, almost the same horsepower as last year. It's actually a bit cooler right now than it was last year in the race, so it's a bit nicer for the moment. Um, yeah, it's going to be a hot weekend again, I feel. Uh, so I think that's what we have to do again like we did last year. It's a lot uh, with the tyre and fuel strategy. Um, on pure pace, I think it'll be very tough to be the front guys, but uh, we'll see. How much do you think that BOP change actually will help? Because, as you said, it now puts you back to a similar stance to where you were last year. You know, it's uh, the, we have a bit more horsepower now than the last few races, therefore a bit more weight, so the tyre deck is higher, we've got a bit more straight line speed, so at least we won't be a complete sitting duck like we were the last couple of races. But uh, it's still going to be tough. Um, you know, it's a very tough race, very technical, so if something's not right in the car and you don't feel super confident going through the S's, it's not a great day. So uh, it's not only that, unfortunately. Winward does have a bit of an advantage of running the GT4 car in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. So you were able to talk to Bryce and to Daniel Morad about track conditions before you even got out there. Did that help? Yeah, for sure. Especially now, uh, like the first practice we had, uh, they, they told us where the dirt is lying from the GT4 session um, as they cut the curves a lot more than we can. Um, so it's a good input uh, to get for your first lap before you get, get out there. And, uh, you know, especially if you do have mixed conditions, which I don't really know, it's changing so much here. Um, that's definitely going to be a good input for those guys, and it's just very helpful to have them. Good luck this weekend. Thank you very much. 
Yeah, need a bit of a change of look, don't they? Uh, let's be honest, down at Winfoot, Winwood. Um, even when they thought they'd had a decent result, they hadn't. Uh, coming out of uh, Road America, that was with the, the GT4 car. At IMSA Radio, if you'd uh, like to follow along with us here uh, on the socials, at IMSA Radio, that'll come straight onto the screen in front of me. Coming down to an hour and seven minutes to go. Just uh, a reminder, thank you to Lee Driggers for this. Shane Van Gisbergen has raced at Daytona Sebring in Watkins Glen uh, with Riley in the GTD in IMSA already. Um, the tyre whisperer, as I like to call him. Never have you seen, if you get a chance to watch Aussie supercars, um, never have I seen a, a driver work the tools as much as Shane Van Gisbergen does. Right the way through... The, the race, any part of the stint, corner to corner, he's playing with the bars, he's playing with the the brake balance. However, it works for him. He's a he's an outstanding talent. Shares work with him uh, as of I down in, in Australia, and he is a true talent. And I, I wouldn't put it past him, Jeremy, getting into anything, even a big downforce car, uh, and being able to drive it as quickly as the regulars. Absolutely not. No, he's a supremely talented driver, isn't he? And uh, he can he can shine in, in everything, in anything at all. No, no question about it. Um, you know, he's he's had uh, what one, two, three, four, five starts uh, in in the current uh, iteration of IMSA at uh, at uh, Daytona. Uh, the one start at uh, Indianapolis, and one, once also at Watkins Glen, as as Lee was uh, pointing out to you there. And you know, he's he's just a tremendous talent and he, he can get into any car at any time and be competitive. He's, he's one of those, you know, true old school uh, multitaskers, if you like, or you know, he's so versatile, can, can just uh, hop, hop right aboard and be, be on the pace. Even if it's a new track, new car, doesn't matter. He's, he's that yeah. good. And uh, it would be great to see him uh, at uh, Petit Le Mans as well. I'm sure he'll be angling towards that, particularly if, he, if his dream comes to fruition. He does race over here full-time in yes. the future in NASCAR. He's not be, he's gonna be pre that's going to keep him pretty busy, but uh, if he's going to be over here pretty much full-time, I know if he does have any free weekends, and certainly for Daytona, uh, that would be uh, on the cards for him very much to do the 24 hours again. Well, he's, he's replaced. By the way, you, you, you so just, just talk about the Mercedes, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and that, with that 15 extra kilos, it was already the, the heaviest GTD car. So it's the, the, the next heaviest is the uh, the Porsche. No, it isn't. The Lexus on 1345 kilograms. 1385 now with an extra 15 kilograms uh, added to that car. But for the third third race out of four events, it's got a slightly larger restrictor engine restricted before so more horsepower again for that mercedes so um i'd be surprised if it wasn't now back on yeah. a par with the others it was it was kind of weird because there hadn't been that many major changes this year but the mercedes certainly seemed to have kind of fallen off the back of the pack a little bit uh and obviously uh, just to finish off on svg um he is uh, expected to be named as, as a full-time uh, NASCAR Cup driver next year. Will Brown uh, has moved from Erebus to Triple Eight to take over his seat. So he hasn't got a seat in supercars. Um, that was when we were talking to our Midweek Motorsport uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he was saying his main um, focus was, was making sure his replacement was settled in before he announced anything else, which was uh, 
uh, very honourable to a, a team that he's been with for, for quite uh, quite a, a long time. So I agree with you, Jeremy. I think we are very much... Uh, uh, there's a big possibility that we might see him. Uh, quicker lap, uh, two laps ago, actually, for uh, Catherine Legg, moved up to uh, sixth position and third in class in the Gradient Racing Acura, 146-077, then came into the pit, now has just gone back out again. Trent Hinman's just improved to well, be only eighth position in Jeet in the full class. That's fifth overall. Um, if Kat could string, I'm just looking at her sector times actually, if Kat could string uh, a lap together, that would be good enough for the, a better time than R&T that's a set. So that'd be very good. That uh, NSX is good uh, around here and after a couple of hard-working races for Gradient. They, they could be on for a result here, Jeremy, this weekend. The NSX is, is tidy around here. Yeah, they've shown some good pace lately, haven't they, uh, with that car? And uh, I, I think uh, she loves this racetrack, and Sheena is, is just getting better and better with each race weekend. She gets more experience at this level of the sport. So, you know, no, no, no reason at all why they shouldn't be uh, contending for the podium come Sunday Sunday evening and uh, that will be exciting to see so the two Lexus are looking good again at the moment Lexus scored its, well, its, its second win on the season but it scored uh, that, that first year that it scored the win was 2018 was the uh, that was the uh, Lexus victorious here at VIR so haven't won here since then but uh, uh, looking to uh, get themselves back in the uh, victory column again and so it's been good so far with the Hawks with fastest of all, that 145.548. Aaron Tiedit's second position overall, best in non-pro, 145.776. So we heard Ben Barnicott talking, telling us that they had two slightly different setups on these two Lexuses from the Vassar Sullivan team. Well, it doesn't seem to be much to, too much to choose between the lap time at the moment, just two-tenths of a second, and both of them quicker than everybody else. Jeremy Shaw, who is alongside me, John Hindoff in the Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, Shea Adam is in the pit lane. Track temperature is sitting at a toasty 35 Celsius, which is 95 Fahrenheit. Air temperature 32 Celsius, that's 90 Fahrenheit. And uh, Jeremy just pointing out how close things are at the moment and all the cars have been out and all the cars I'm just waiting actually for Kai Van Berlo in the Kelly Moss number 91 and Alec Yadel in the other Kelly Moss car to go out and do another lap because I, then pretty much everybody would oh, there's, the, there's a Corvette the, the Corvette and the Faf Motorsports Porsche are not into double figures yet but everybody else is but Jeremy it's ridiculously close uh, at, at least at least for the the sharp end of the field well, yeah, I mean, you're with 17 of the 19 cars within eight and a half tenths of one second and around a, a three and a quarter mile track, that's pretty darn close. Uh, the only two cars not inside that at the moment are Alec Udell uh, in the number 92 Kelly Moss with Riley Porsche and the AO Porsche with uh, PJ Hyatt at mm. the wheel. So it's, but uh, yeah, PJ's not the pro in that car. He, he's, he's been at the wheel uh, of that car through the 11 laps it's run so far. Um, and he's only, you know, he's second and a half or so off the uh, front running time. So it is really, really tight all the way through the field, and particularly from 
I mean, the first two uh, are a couple of tenths up, or Hawks with a couple of tenths up on Aaron Tielitz, but from Tielitz down to Irib in 17th place in the inception race of McLaren, that's uh, 16 cars covered by six tenths of a second. I'm nerding out a little bit right now, gentlemen, because at FAF Motorsport, they have a machine that is measuring the shock weight that's going on. They're changing the shocks uh, on the, let me see, is that front or rear? Rear. uh, And they've pulled them both off. This machine, which first allows them to apply pressure and tell them the weight of the actual spring on there. Then they take the old one off, put the new one on, check the spring weight again, and then put the new one on. So I didn't see the number when they put the new one on. I did see what they're taking off. I'm not going to say that because I want them to still trust me and love me. Um, But FAF is making a change. So I've never seen that before because normally when teams make shock changes, they just pull one off and put a new one on that's already got the springs attached. But these shocks on the Porsches, well, they're fairly advanced. So this is uh, quite a good way to do this. I'm very impressed. So they the, the left the shock, or, or at least they put the same shock back on, but they changed the spring? Yes, and the way that they're checking it is um, a lever that squishes the shock down yeah. so that the spring is fully compressed. Compressor. And that's yeah. measured by the um, by a sensor to say what the actual weight is, the amount of pressure that you can put on it at any given time. Uh, uh, ask them if they've gone harder or softer. You don't have to find out you know whether it's a 175 pound spring or a 455 pound spring but i'd be interested to know if they've gone harder or softer on that car thank you Shay. that's that is interesting um this is the first time out for the imsa weathertech sports car championship this week and that was the porsche the chair was talking about the faf porsche uh, and this is the michelin gt challenge at vir free practice one we'll have all of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship sessions live for you. Everyone can listen in uh, on the audio. We'll click in the video when we get to qualifying, which is tomorrow for WeatherTech. And wherever you are in the world, whether you're in the US or further afield, you can watch that. No subs, uh, no sign up. That's uh, available via the live video tab on imsaradio.com or imsa.tv. And a plethora of uh, a plethora of uh, support races this weekend, including our Saturday main, uh, Saturday evening, which will be the Michelin Pilot Challenge. The uh, Virginia is for racing lovers, two-hour race. Uh, and also, of course, we've got the evergreen and ever-popular Itamitsu MX5 Challenge, just uh, among the support races. And we'll have those races for you live and free in sound. And Vision and Share has just told me they did go softer. Um, very interesting uh, on that car. So does that mean it's a little bit more bumpy? Does that mean it's a little more slidey? And they're trying to get a bit more mechanical grip out of that Porsche. Uh, Jeremy Shaw in the pit lane with 33 minutes gone. And so far, a clean 33 minutes and some good running and some good data being collected by these teams, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely right, John. And yeah, quite a few of them have been here testing over the last few weeks uh, to uh, get ready for this event. Um, so, you know, they've, uh, they've already tried different combinations of uh, shocks and springs and everything else to, to see what works best. But, you know, when conditions vary, as we've been saying, it it's pretty hot out here today. So uh, I'm sure the track is 
Um, not quite as grippy as it would be uh, sometimes. The cars would be sliding around a fair bit and certainly use it, using up their Michelin tires a little bit harder than if it was uh, cooler. So it's all these different atmospheric conditions that make a difference to how the car feels to the driver and therefore its consistency on a longer run. And that's what they'll be concentrating on right now is making sure the car... Uh, I don't think they'll be really co- worrying about qualifying too much here. They'll be uh, concentrating primarily on making sure their car is good for a long run which will be the case for Sunday afternoon during a two hours and 40 minute race. Hello to Jake Parrott, who's just got on a plane to Geneva, Hop Suisse. Uh, that's his excuse for not uh, being at VIR this weekend. Just a five hour drive it would have been for him. And he says, I hope Jeremy takes this as a compliment when I describe, and tell him that I describe one of the gins that I represent as having several citruses in the Lexus <laughs> form. Hello, Jake. Travel, travel well to Europe and uh, catch up over the weekend on our archive. Uh, obviously, once you uh, get into Europe, you'll be able to follow along with the full race live on Sunday as well outside of the US. No blocks, no breaks, no subscriptions. Uh, with just 55 minutes of this session left to go, let's give you... A VP Racing in-session update. It's still the two Lexus at the top of the field. Jack Hawks with an R&T Litz of 145.5, 145.7. Cars are identical, by the way, in GTD Pro and GTD. Then it's another pair of GTD Pros. The Faf Porsche, Patrick Pele brought that car in a wee while ago. Shea telling us from the pit lane that that car was getting a spring rate change, at least at the rear end, uh, for sure, that we saw. Then it's the Corvette of Tonio Garcia, Evergreen Garcia, uh, the number three car in fourth position on a 146.0. Next up in GTD, Chandler Hull for Turner Motorsport. I don't think it was Chandler that did the time in that car, though Jeremy will tell me. That's the number 97 car. Sheena Monk's taking over the Gradient Racing Acura, with which, that's number 66 car, the green and white JG Wentworth sponsored machine. Uh, and indeed it was uh, Bill that uh, Bill Oberland here put the time in for the Turner car. And indeed it was Cat Leg that put the gradient time in. Russell Ward is in the 57 GTD Winwood Mercedes in seventh. So that's Lexus, Lexus. But then we have Porsche, Chevrolet, BMW, Acura, Mercedes, Porsche, BMW, BMW, Lamborghini and Aston for the top dozen in the category. No prototypes here this weekend. It is just the GT Challenge. It is the Michelin GT Challenge at VIR with 53 minutes still to go. And that was your VP in session update. Just perfect. Possibly a little bit hot for the tyres at the moment, but maybe not. A uh, bit hot for the drivers, potentially. But lovely weather conditions. A little bit of high, but very light cloud. Heart of Racing, number 23, up at the sharp top end uh, of the uh, circuit. Or heading up to the top end there now, going through the the snake, the lower S's. And we'll keep an eye on what's going on the track. Well, Cher Adam has a word with Trent Hinman. Well, Trent, you're fresh out of the car, literally just hopped out of the Porsche a couple of seconds ago. You've been racing this Porsche all year now, the 992. A BOP change coming into this weekend. Did you feel any difference? Do you think you got something to play with now? You know what, Shay? I think we've had something to, to fight with all year. It just depended on, 
you know, what we were we were doing to management. But, you know, there's there's a big difference between having a quick car and clean air and then being able to, to really fight with other cars. And I think the change this weekend has given us a really good opportunity to, to be in the fight, not just throw up a lap time, you know, from taking too much risk or anything like that. So, um happy with it we'll see I, you really don't know what you have until until sunday that's for sure um but you know just happy to be at vi once again i mean we know this is a really good track for the 911 obviously the right motorsports guys know how to make a make a 911 go quick around here so um just enjoying the ride while we you and Alan have driven so many different cars here at VIR and so many different series. Does that make it less intimidating coming into GTD for the first time? It, it all gives you a different perspective. So it's good because in a way you can go back through your notes from three, four, five years ago and say, hey, you know, in this particular car on this day, this approach was working or, you know, just comparing, comparing your notes throughout the years. So um, it's certainly a benefit. I don't think it makes anything any more intimidating. We've driven cars around here that were, were quick in the past. We know what it feels like uh, to have a good car around here and what you need to, to be, be successful here in the race. So um, all those notes, all that information is, is a benefit. We did have a bit of a break in between the last race and this one. I saw you were doing some racing of a boat variety. Tell us what you did to keep in shape. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I apologize to everybody who had to look at that social media post and see me wearing a dang Speedo, but... Um, I've got no shame anymore with it. It's just it's what you got to do in, in uh, USLA competition. But really neat this year. Um, got into surf boat rowing, so a little bit different than flat water, cruise shells, right? These boats are meant to be, you know, pushed off the beach through the surf zone and, you know, go out and row and then come back into the beach through the surf zone. So um, definitely a little bit more entertaining than flat water, um, but just really, really fun to compete with those boats. Really strong athletes get a lot of um, – get a lot of really really strong athletes that show up to these races and they they push me to a new level and everything that i do in that boat surprisingly um translates really well to what we're doing here so it's not every day you get the opportunity to to drive the race car but if i can at least get in the boat and a get the physical benefit but b work the same you know kind of mental models that you do in the race car it's strikingly similar and uh i enjoy it so benefit already got one podium this year good luck trying getting another one this weekend <laughs> thanks shay i appreciate it that's Trent Hinman, the number 77 Volt, right motorsport Porsche. Uh, and obviously Trent has some fans uh, up at uh, uh, up at Charlotte. Um, and that was just listening to his voice. Interesting. Where do we get him on camera? <laughs> uh, getting down around about halfway through this one. The... Vault number 77 circulating at the moment in the hands of Alan Brynjolfsson, the man behind that bright yellow car. Right Motorsport running that machine. Uh, if they're just outside of Dallas, Texas, and not really where they are from. And uh, the 77 machine just climbing up through the upper S's at the moment before going through what's called South Bend and into where the oak tree was. We still call it the Oak tree corner uh, in in memory down the long back straight now for Alan Brynjolfsson car looks an absolute picture as ever uh, impressed so far that everybody's behaving themselves Jeremy 
Not saying a word, John. Um, <laughs> uh, it's great, isn't it? I mean, no, nice, nice uh, night. You know, picking lots of laps in now. The most laps completed by anybody now is 20 by the number 57 Winwood Mercedes and Brendan Areeb in the inception race in McLaren. And good job by him. It's actually Fred, Frederick Shandorf who was in early on to set that best time in that car. But that car's been really fast this year in GTD. They've had uh, a bunch of good results, currently lying third in the uh, in the championship so uh, in, well, in both championships actually the sprint cup as well as the overall championship so it's been a really good season once again for inception mclaren and uh, you know just chalking the laps up here uh, to uh, gain more experience with that car around this racetrack first time they've been here just a beautiful circuit really is i'll never forget my first few laps around here never raced here but uh, got here uh, for the last season of the, as it was, the American Le Mans series, and it was a, it was a new racetrack uh, that year, and got here, and uh, Jason Altman, um, Jensen's dad, threw me the keys to a Porsche and threw me out in what was called the Vitesse programme at that point and said, you've not been here before, you need to have a look round, uh, you better go round. Uh, two cars lengths between uh, you and the other cars, off you go. I didn't even know which way the, the place went. I had to steer two cars lengths because there's so many corners that are over the top of brows. It's a fantastic track. can hardly believe that there race motorcycles around here, but that must be absolutely stupendous. And although I do love my motorbikes and I ride a motorbike, um, I, I have no pretensions to having any talent to be able to race a motorcycle. And uh, I can only imagine how much fun... It must be to race anything round here, two or four wheels. At the moment, number 96, that's the BMW of Turner Motorsport at the top of the circuit, the southern end of the circuit, and coming through onto that long, long, long back straight. In elegant isolation at the moment, the next car ahead is Sheena Monk in the number 96 car. She's just going into turn 14, which is the top of the roller coaster. And so, for the moment at least, the number 96 of Patrick Gallagher uh, has the track to himself on that piece of the track where he is at the moment. Uh, just been reminded of what this place reminds me about. Uh, Jeremy uh, reminds me of, and Jeremy, you'll appreciate this. It's a bit like Cadwell Park uh, without the mountain uh, here at uh, VIR. The same sort of parkland feel uh, and... Uh, I think we we need a mountain. <laughs> we need the, the take-off ramp somewhere here at, uh, at VIR. I wonder if Corrigan Smith or, or Connie on the rest of the team would be... No, don't. I was only kidding, because this place hasn't changed in a million years, and so much the better for it. Yeah. I mean, there are no better racetracks than, than here. This is, this is just one of the uh, all-time greats anywhere around the world, and all the drivers will tell you that. I mean, that's why... They enjoy coming to the IMSA World Tech Sports Car Championship because of the quality of the racetracks here. I mean, this is completely unspoiled, this place. It's real old school. You make a mistake here, uh, you can you can quite easily do a lot of damage. So the key to that is don't make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As you said, they're done, admittedly. Well, it, it, indeed so. I, it, it's exceptional when you uh, think that the current ownership group um, saved this place. And, I, and I, we're not... Uh, overplaying that at all. This place 
was pretty much lost uh, until Connie Nyholm and, and the rest of the current uh, ownership group got it back together and, and made sure that it didn't disappear. And not only that, but made the improvements in the infrastructure investments that meant that it wasn't going to just be a quote-unquote tractor venue. It was going to be back to its very best as a racing venue. And IMSA, uh, the American Le Mans series, uh, and indeed the current version of IMSA, were quick to seize upon that and uh, bring top quality racing back here. And more power to all of the elbows involved in that, Jeremy, for me. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, it's been, uh, yeah, it's just been a wonderful place to go racing, hasn't it? I mean, the, the, the Grand Am was first came here in 2002 uh, and uh, yeah, the the Grand Am prototypes raced around here till yeah. 2011 yeah. Uh, and even in, uh, in ALMS race here in 12 and 13 with the prototype cars as well. That's the last time the prototypes, the big prototypes have been here and, uh, you know, it's... I think this track is better suited, though, to GT cars. I think I it's a really good move to bring GT cars only here. And you know, it's become a staple on the calendar and one yeah. that's uh, superbly popular with the uh, with all the teams and drivers. And as I, like I say, the fans, too, there'll be a good crowd here on Sunday. And if you're anywhere within driving distance of this place, make it over here. It's supposed to be a little bit cooler, I think, isn't it, on Sunday? Mm. Conditions a little bit nicer even than they are right now. Um, it looks picture perfect it's a bit toasty but uh, it's picture perfect and it's going to be a really really good day on sunday with lots of great races and uh, some really good drivers here as well uh, i think it's still lucas lur who holds the outright lap record here in in race trim uh, from that 2012 american le mans series race yeah. in that would have been the 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 acura wouldn't it the hpd car yeah. um and it, it's is it about it's about 136 36-1, yeah, 36-1-1-2, yep. average speed of 122 miles an hour. <laughs> uh, qualifying was uh, Klaus Graf at 135.4. Wow. But uh, look, we, we're only eight seconds off that now with the... With the uh, That's with a the fair GT, point. The yeah. That is a fair point. Uh, Production-based yeah, cars, exactly. not that any of these cars have ever seen the inside of a manufacturer's showroom. They are based upon their road-going brethren, but they are built uh, from the ground up, as it were, as racing cars. Fred Chandoff just going through in the very handsome Inception number 70 McLaren. Got to see that car here. That's the 720S GT3. And that car in the red and dark grey, almost black, very reminiscent of the old uh, F1 GTR, the Lark colours, the long tail car. If you remember that, uh, there's certainly uh, a little bit of that in the, the livery of this car. Up the first part of the uphill, this is the snake at the moment. That car's sitting in 17th position at the moment, around about eight tenths away from the best time that has been put in. And that's still the two Vassar Sullivan Lexus uh, in respectively GT. D Pro and GTD. I'll, I'll say this again, um, if you are just joining us, a reminder that the cars, in terms of their BOP, those two Lexus are exactly the same specification and therefore have exactly the same performance potential. Uh, and there's two tenths between them on the track. So it is purely the drivers that decide whether the cars have got uh, the, the driver uh, 
experience and quality that decides which class those cars goes into. Red uh, number backgrounds for the pros, green number uh, backgrounds for the GTDs. And another team that has one foot in each of those class, a heart of racing. That's where Shea is at the moment with Ross Gunn. The man who is the record holder in qualifying in both GTD Pro and GTD. Ross, how badly do you want rain for qualifying tomorrow so both of those records stand? Yeah, to be honest, it would be nice. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a nice thing to have the lap record around here. I've always liked this circuit. I came here for the first time in the GS class in 2019, and um, yeah, and I have that lap record as well. So um, yeah, I've always got on well with this place. The Astons usually suit it really well as well. The fast-flowing nature of it is uh, suiting the Vantage usually down to a T. Um, so yeah, hope, hopefully uh, we can keep that record. We'll see how, how competitive we are um, as the weekend progresses and uh, wait and see. There is still the advantage that you guys have that the championship leaders don't mind if you win the race so long as second or third. So that's nice knowing that you not only have your sister car, you in effect have Alexis trying to help you out too. Yeah, I mean, they obviously have a very nice uh, uh, gap in the championship. So I've definitely noticed that they're not pushing as much for the wins. They're kind of collecting points at the moment. Um, Jack and Ben are, are racers, and I'm sure if they ever wanted to go for a win, they'd still go for a win. But for sure, there's some cars that are looking at the championship picture more so than us. For us, it's really about trying to get uh, race race results in, as we have done in the last two races, and continue that momentum into, into next year. This chassis has never not started on pole or won the race. So you guys looking to continue that forward. What is it about VIR that seems to favor the Aston Martin, though? Um, I think the the uphill S's really suit the car. Obviously, we tend to have a, a good top speed, um, but also the high-speed corners as well really suit the car uh, massively well. So um, there's just a combination of things. I think also the fact that the, the grip level is quite high here as well, it suits the car a bit more. Um, so, yeah, it's always been a joy to drive around here. This is a place where, particularly in the S's, you have to trust the downforce. How daunting is it to get in a car and think, oh, I hope it sticks? I mean, it's for the first time you go through each weekend you come here, you always have to be a little bit tentative the first time. I was having a lift the first couple of laps and then eventually you get used to it. And the feeling that you get through those S's is something unparalleled in the, you know, the rest of the world. It's probably the best bit of circuit that I've, I've, I've ever driven. Just walking the track yesterday, it always takes you back that you get to fly through here at 250k plus. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just so fortunate to be here and driving this car on this track. And yeah, as I said, the Aston seems to always go well here. Good luck again, Ross. Thank you very much, Shay. Number 23, Heart of Racing Aston Martin in the GTD Pro class. To take say 250k plus there, Shay, up, up the hill. That's that's 150 plus mile an hour, isn't it? I would get on for that at least. That is no the wonder it uh, takes you a couple of laps to to dial yourself into that. Uh, you know, it, it's this circuit. It, it, the drivers love it, Jeremy. We talked about this earlier on. You can make a difference here because a small a small error here will will put two Michelin tyres onto the dirt. It, it might not be catastrophic, but it will it will cost you time. There are consequences to errors here. There are, and it, it'll give somebody else an opportunity to uh, to make a move on you as well. And you know, if, you, if you do stray wheels off, off over the kerbs here, 
uh, you know, the, the inside of the kerbs, you, you don't want to take too much kerb here because if you stray over that inside edge of the kerbs, it can easily pull a tire off the rim here because uh, it's just grass the other side of that uh, that kerb. And it, uh, when drivers take, a lot of drivers take a lot of liberties, it does kind of eat away at that, that grass and get down to dirt and it soon digs away at that. So uh, it is somewhat problem problematic here and you, know, you have to kind of respect the track limits um, quite literally, otherwise you are you can quite quite easily cause damage to the car. So I, th I just love that aspect of this racetrack. Mm. It's it's track where you you want to push the limits as much as you possibly can, but when you do step over it, you can you can cause damage to the car, and you can certainly lose lose a fair bit of time as well. And with the the the, the flowing nature of the track, you know, from lefts to rights and and sequences of corners as well, it's just a it's got a really good flow to it. It is a rhythm circuit, isn't yeah. it? That that you know, I, I, I love watching cars uh, around this. It, it, you know, in recent years when we've been trackside, we haven't been trackside for a little while now, not since before COVID, uh, of course. So, but but when I could get out and see the cars, you see a car working, and you can see which cars are working and which drivers are. Uh, very much at home here and which drivers are a little more tentative look th th there's nobody here who can't drive let's say that straight away but you can understand people being slightly tentative if they don't have the experience here Jeremy yeah true and, and we just saw the number 57 windward Mercedes coming up through the uh, the climbing S's there and there's, there's a fair bit of dust on the racetrack so someone's obviously run off the road there brought a lot of dust back onto the track and you know that's going to be problematic. It's it's going to make things the car's going to slide a bit more through that section of track than it was doing before that dust was laid down. So, you know, again, it's another curveball for these drivers to deal with. It's Phil Ellis behind the wheel of that car. Phil, extremely uh, proficient, and that blue and black number 57 AMG. Mercedes just uh, announced the the new road car, uh, actually, and. Uh, strong rumours that that will beget a new uh, race car version as well. The uh, new version of the, the SLS, effectively, um, which the, the rear end in particular has had to still, you know, it's still that long, typical Mercedes GT Grand Tourer uh, front, the, the nose of the car, but the rear end's had a lot of work on it and Almost, dare I say, it looks a, a wee bit Porsche-like. A bit like a Porsche 911, although not with the engine back there. Very handsome Grand Tourer. And as I say, strong money on the fact that that will become the base of the new GT3 and GT4 car from AMG in the years to come. And that car, uh, that street car, still in its uh, early days at the moment and a ways away from being delivered to the showrooms however the magazines are talking about it this week I noticed and still that wonderful V8 sound from the Mercedes being pedalled with gusto by Phil Ellis at the moment got uh, six cars in the pits and the other 13 still running yeah there haven't been any major improvements in lap times 
lately. The most recent was uh, Brian Sellers, who got himself up to second in GTD. I'm not sure whether we mentioned that as well now. It was a, a few laps ago, yeah. half a dozen laps or so ago. Second in GTD, fourth overall in the number one Paul Miller Racing BMW, 146.3 for uh, Brian. Uh, and also uh, at the, uh, the the bottom end of the field, the AO Porsche, Sebastian Prio at the wheel of that car at the moment. He's taken yeah. over from um, from PJ Hyde. He's got himself, found himself a couple of tenths of a second. He's just going to actually back out on the racetrack again now. So we'll see whether he can move that car up from the tail of the field. And the we've got just... Uh, Just what one car is it outside the uh, outside the second or so? Yeah, two. Yeah, two. you're right. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, um, as you were saying, nobody's improved for a while. Phil Ellis says, "Hold my energy drink," and puts in a forty-six a zero. One minute forty-six zero. Uh, very very tight indeed in the top ten. We've got gaps of point zero five zero point zero seven eight point zero zero six point zero zero nine. Point zero zero, a uh, point zero three nine, very very tight indeed. From from really second on down, uh, to be honest, yeah. there's two tenths between the first two Lexus. Beyond that, Jeremy, it is literally the blink of an eye. That's right. I mean, for, yeah, a second covers from from second to eighteenth. Um, on a long uh, circuit, you mentioned this. This is yeah. this is not like we're at the Bull Ring of Lime Rock Park. This is a long old circuit. Absolutely right. Yeah, three and a quarter miles around here, so uh, it's a, it's a proper racetrack. You know, it's it sorts the men from the boys. This place does, uh, if you pardon the expression. And uh, you know, there are no boys here because they're they're all top class drivers in this field. And uh, Sebrio has just moved himself off the bottom, so that puts Alex Alec Udell at the tail of the charts now, and that means that to all of the well, the GTD cars, Alec, Alec Udell is. 1.065 behind the best of the non-pro cars. That was Aaron Tiedlitz's time in Lexus early on. So it's a really, really tight field right now. Lexus, Lexus, Porsche, BMW, Chevrolet, BMW, Mercedes, Acura, with Sheena Monk in the pits, at Porsche, BMW, Lamborghini, and Aston Martin. So that, other than the McLaren, that's all of the manufacturers in the top dozen. Um, and, and we uh, should probably say as well sorts the women from the girls uh this circuit um as we have Shane Monk and Cat Leg with us this week eight and it is I I, I don't know how you know the, the superlatives we, we run out of superlatives very quickly for this circuit old school is what Jeremy said the Drivers love it because they feel they can make a difference. The engineers love it because it is a challenge for them. Sometimes, I'm sure, it leaves them scratching their heads and going back to their data to try and find what it is because the it's not easy to set up a car for this. And that goes back to what Jeremy said right at the beginning of the programme, some, what, half an hour, 40 minutes ago. There's a bit of everything here. No point having your car trimmed out, Jeremy, for super fast down the straights. There are places you need downforce here. There are slower corners that you need mechanical grip here. You cannot just say, oh, let's set it up for the straights. 
Very true, and that, that's why it is such a challenge for the engineers. I mean, they, the engineers love it as much as the drivers do. Totally. Or hate, actually, they probably hate it as much as, <laughs> as, much as the drivers love it uh, because because of all the compromises that they, you need in terms of setup here. I mean, you know, the, the best places to make an overtaking move are into turn one, uh, which is the, uh, the end of the front start-finish straight, but that straight has well, at least three fairly major kinks in it as well. Yeah, so that's not, not dead straight. The other best, the other good, really good overtake opportunity is into turn uh, 14 at the top of the hill, the, uh, the roller coaster. But again, that, that the straight away from Oak Tree all the way down to 14, from 12 to 14, there's 13 is a, is a, is a kink to the left right before the braking area, or as you're entering the braking area, plus there's, there's a few sort of little kinks on the straights as well. So it's just a great place. There's a bit of an off-road excursion there in turn one. Misha Goikberg, isn't the, he? Misha Goikberg, yeah. in a Forte Racing, powered by Yusuf Shonitz Lamborghini, John. That's the black and uh, green, very bright yeah. green car. Just ran on a wee bit through the horseshoe, yeah. through, through turn one, and he's got a little bit of grass, barely enough for a small llama to eat uh, <laughs> in the, the front of that. Definitely not... Um, cart horse sized male uh, inside that but I suspect he'll be called in fairly well, quickly he just gone just turned that car's best lap on his last time around the 46.050 Misha so I think just uh, was a little bit caught out that car so twitched a little bit under braking there as, as uh, for turn one you can see the cloud of dust there that uh, heralds his departure off the racing surface um I like Turner Motorsport picking up, obviously listening to what you're saying, Jeremy. Um, VIR separates the children from the adults. Thank you for digging you us both uh, out of that. The uh, 96 BMW hasn't turned a huge uh, amount of laps. Uh, 20, oh, no, 26. No, it's there or thereabouts. There's, there's nobody who's massive, massively off other than um, Antonio Garcia. And Corvette Racing have only done 18. Most of, uh, in fact, all of the rest of the team are 20. rest of the grid are 20 and above. Shea Adam is watching something interesting down at Turner, which is why I, she mentioned something in my ear, and I went scrambling to see how many laps we've done. Shea, what's going on at Turner? Uh, I didn't say tacos, which would have been the appropriate thing to say for Turner <laughs> Motorsport. Um, no, stickers for Patrick Gallagher, which is a little bit surprising because, yes, we are going to have qualifying around this time tomorrow, but we don't know what the conditions will be like. Um, it could be a good move, actually, to send Patrick out for mock quality. That was the sound of the Lamborghini coming back in. I'll tell you about that in just a second. But the left front Michelin off of the number 96 Turner Motorsport BMW inside shoulder is wearing a little bit strange so that is the issue with that car they did just send patrick out on these stickers okay how many llamas can we feed i think dolly would be about it um not very many is the answer to that the lamborghini not taking in a whole bunch of grass and this actually one of the desirable platforms here to race at vir based on history and running in the gtd class they have one of the better records so misha goikberg and laura spinelli should be pleased with that uh misha actually having raced here last year in lamborghini in a different championship on different tires. Uh, but they are just blowing out all of the vents, trying to make sure that there is no grass left. And then Misha's going to go back out for some more laps. Shea Adam down in the pit lane, Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindolf, in the IMSA Global Broadcast Centre with just on 25 minutes of this first 90-minute session still to go. Thank you for joining us. 
wherever you are in the world. This is exclusive live coverage, all free uh, and uninterrupted on IMSA Radio. And uh, good to have your company. Thank you for the uh, tweets coming. How can I still call a tweet? I can't bring myself to bring it. Say anything else, to be honest. Um, uh, at IMSA Radio remains uh, our handle uh, on that platform, um, whatever we decide to call it. Circulating at the moment, Brian Sellers, who celebrated a birthday uh, last week, I think it was, from memory. And yeah. Brian and Paul Miller Racing, they've had some success here in the past, uh, even facing things like engine changes and come through, not with the BMW, with their previous manufacturer, but I seem to remember an engine change and then coming through to a win here. Um, but had a, a good set of results recently, Jeremy, in that number one red, white and black BMW. Yeah, it's been a fantastic season for that team. Uh, just uh, you know, four wins already, uh, another podium finish as well. Pole position last time out, uh, you know, pole and a win last time out at Road America. So it's just getting better and better for that team. And now looking uh, really good for the overall championship, but also leading in the uh, Sprint Cup championship as well. So, yeah, it, things couldn't be going much better for the Paul Miller Racing team than they are right now. And they, I think they, yeah, they've realised now that wins are great, but they've <laughs> already got four wins on the season, which is pretty remarkable as competitive as is GTD these days. So sure. now um, I would imagine the focus should shift towards just getting consistent results and they'll have that championship wrapped up with no difficulty at all. I, I, I agree with you. Sometimes that's difficult, particularly in this very competitive area. And, you know, getting the points that you can is always going to. If you've got a fifth place car and you get fourth or third, that's as good as a win. If you've got a winning car and you only get a third, that's not good. Ooh, Catherine Legg just going on at turn one at the horseshoe and kicking up a bit of dust. Shea Adam has been watching with interest on the Pullman racing season, of course, as she does with all the cars up and down the pit lane. Um, do they change tactics between now and the, the end of the season to, to effectively go points racing now, do you reckon? No, but here's the interesting thing. Two times before in GTD, we've had a team, uh, one car, win four races. Turner did it back in 2014 yeah. when Dane Cameron went on to win that championship. And Faf did it a couple years ago with Lawrence Vantor and Zachary Robichon. No one has ever won five races in a season. Now, the oh. same number of races this year as there were in 2014. But in 2020, I think it was, 2021... Uh, Lawrence and Zach won four out of ten. Oh wow! What a, that, that's a great that's a great success. That's a great hit rate. Uh, Catherine Leg back on the track in the number sixty-six car. I was having a wee bit of a battle for, with Klaus Backler before he peeled off uh, a, a moment or two uh, ago, and uh, they'd got very close together up at the oak tree a lap or two ago. And then Catherine, as you might have heard me saying, just running long in that JG, went with green and white at number 66. Love that colour scheme in the car. Works really well uh, on the Acura NSX. And uh, I think Klaus Backler had been off at the Oak Tree uh, just before uh, that incident for Cat, who peels into the pit lane. And Klaus Backler came into the pit lane as well at the end of that lap 
uh, no large amount of grass in the front of the Porsche and uh, not that much either in the front of the 66 car but it is a wee bit dusty as I said they'd come together pretty closely uh, at the southern end of the racetrack and in fact it was uh, Klaus who was being caught by Catherine put these two left hand side Michelins in the dirt he pulled in at the end of that lap uh, he'd been really quite uh, getting a bit out of shape going through the south bend the uh, the kink just before the oak tree turn maybe got a bit of dirt on his Michelin tyres then he pulled off at the end of that lap and then uh, Catherine went straight on down at the horseshoe uh, Patrick Gallagher Jeremy Shaw with a 1.452 uh, at the end of that last lap. That was those sticker tyres that Shea was talking about. Absolutely right. Yes, it was. Uh, qualifying sin there for Patrick, and uh, that is a really good lap uh, for him. Looking on board here with uh, Catherine Leck heading into turn one. That was a couple of and, laps uh, ago, yeah. Yep. And uh, just just ran off through. Didn't, didn't all four wheels off, but only just. But, uh, yeah, it'll be... Uh, Shouldn't be too much grass in the in the grill I for don't that think one. There was just, any. just dust on the tyres. Yeah, think. Uh, that was really heads up driving from Catherine Legg, as you might expect from one of the more experienced drivers uh, in uh, up and down the the pit lane. I think she just missed her braking point and knew she was in trouble. So instead of trying to turn, she kept the wheels straight and just kept braking, and the car. Would, I think she was all the way down to first there, and it was barely at walking pace as it dropped off the edge of the road to driver's left at the horseshoe. And she ran, what, 10 yards? Maybe not even that on the dirt, just to the uh, left of the hard standing, the track surface. And she was back on again, no problem. And in fact, she's back out again now. It reminds me of a bit of arrive and drive karting, Jeremy. If you have all four wheels off, you've got to come come into the pit lane to have the car looked at. <laughs> Catherine, using that experience, come in, have a look round the car, make sure everything's all right, and off she goes again. And she's already actually back out on the circuit. That car sitting uh, at the moment in 10th position, 7th in class, but with some really good sector times from that car and need to just sort of string that together that'll be a bit higher up the, the standings at the moment. I dare say if I look through a few other of the sector of the cars, you'd probably say the same thing. Going side by side with the uh, Porsche from Riley, Alan Metney just on the way out in the number 91 car. Alan getting off onto the right-hand side of the circuit um, and... Uh, getting dirt on his Michelin tyres. Offline, Jeremy, you're right. It is difficult, isn't it, when there's a bit of dirt there? Yeah, it is indeed. And, and that braking area for turn one is really tricky because you're out on the outside edge of the racetrack there. There's there's a couple or three right-hand kinks leading into it. And you carry you have to try and brake as late as you can. Stay on the outside line there, but you don't turn in until much later in the phase of the corner. So what I'm saying is you're on the brakes there as the track is turning to the right. So if you carry too much speed before you hit the brakes the first time, chances are you're going to run out of road there. And it's really, really tricky, particularly when you're right on the edge like you would be in qualifying if you do a qualifying sim there. But that time by, by Catherine, she stayed down to 10th uh, uh, or actually 11th now because Frederick Shandorf has just jumped, jumped all the way up to 4th. 
Uh, there's a few drivers lately that have made big improvements. One, of course, being Patrick Gallagher to the very top. Russell Ward also oh. moved himself up to third position and see the fast Porsche off the road again. Again, same place. Turn 12, yeah. 11 and 12. More, he, really, he was off the road at 11, really, wasn't he? Uh, which uh, leading into 12 was a double apex right-hander up there at the top end of the racetrack. But... Um, so Russell Ward improved it to third position, and Frederick Shandorf now up to fourth in the Inception McLaren, kind of a 70 at a 145.7. So uh, three seconds, uh, three tenths of a second now between first and second, and that was just the back end of the Faf car just getting away for Klaus as he. Uh, was pushing very hard coming out of turn 10, that left hand. Uh, you can't call turn 10 a kink. It is a proper corner, the south bend. And then there's a slightly right-hand approach to the first part of the Oak Tree, turn 11. And you're turning and braking and just look like the rear Michelins gave up a little bit uh, on Klaus Backler there, Jeremy. Yeah, that's right. And that, you know, that car is currently six overall. Uh, but uh, first time here again for Klaus Backler. His, his teammate, Patrick Pile has been here several times in the past. Won here twice in the past, each time with, with Nick Tandy in the old GTLM days. So uh, he knows his way around here very well indeed. But Klaus, it's a, again another track he's got to learn. And it's not an easy place to learn because of all these complex uh, situations going into each of the corners here. Let's turn uh, 12 up there is similar to turn one in that you're right on the edge of the racetrack when you're on the brakes uh, and and turning at the same time. So it's very easy to make a mistake up there. And uh, that's what we're going to see uh, quite a bit of as this weekend goes along. Just under 15 minutes to go. And uh, so Patrick Gallagher putting the Turner Motorsport BMW at the top. So it's a GTD car. Underlining what we were saying earlier on, that there's no performance potential, uh, no performance differential, should I say, um, between the two uh, between the two categories here. Heart of Racing, GTD Pro Car, rather further down, Jeremy, than I think they would like. Alex Riberas out in that Aston Martin at the moment. Yeah, again, I would presume just preparing for the race rather than trying to turn any specifically fast lap times at this stage in the, in the, uh, in the weekend. So I don't think there's too much to worry about there. We've already heard from Alex, from Ross Gunn, excuse me. He, he knows the car should be should be good around here and I'm sure he'll be he'll be comfortable uh, that uh, number 23 Aston Martin they've uh, won each of the last two races from the pole position so they're on a streak right now looking to be to win three in a row which hasn't been done in quite a while so uh, they they've uh, looking to yeah they had a very difficult start to the season but the last couple of weekends it's really come on stream for that car so they want to keep that momentum going so down the charts a little bit at the moment in the number 23 car, 13th overall and fourth of the five cars in GTD Pro. But again, nothing to worry, too much to worry about yet. 
Let's uh, go down to share and talk to the man who has put in the fastest time. Robbie Foley's jumped into that Turner uh, Motorsport BMW. So Patrick Gallagher is able to talk to us on pit lane. Patrick, that was a really good lap, especially for a mock quali run. You feeling like this BMW can get pulled tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, the Turner guys have it working good. We still have a little work to do, you know. Uh, qualifying is always quicker than these practice sessions, but the Turner guys have done a great job, and they, they got this car working good. And we'll keep rubbing on it, and uh, hopefully we progress with everyone else and have a shot at pole. I mean, these guys are so good here. Um, you know, you really got to put it all together, but got a good group behind me, and uh, we'll see if we can't get the Turner Motorsports Bellhaven Investments car up front tomorrow. I was told to ask you, uh, when you come onto the pit lane speed limiter, is that when you start thinking the excuses of why you couldn't have gone faster? No, it's much, much earlier. <laughs> this weekend, of course, just doing single duty, not driving in the other series. How much does it change your approach on the weekend when you just have one job and one focus and one win? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm full-time in this Turner car, so this is like home now, right? And uh, it's a lot easier than just filling in for one race and getting the car. You know, this car is how we want it and how we use it. Uh, you fill in at the last minute, and, uh, you know, the teams do what they can, but it's not your car and your seat and all that stuff. So as far as focusing through the day and whatnot, I mean, it's just a race car. And, uh, you know, I would say it not being the one that you're in all the time is, is the biggest thing, just the uh, creature comforts of everything. You've driven this car now all year long. Coming to VIR, you've driven a lot of other cars that, well, let's face it, are a lot slower. So what's it like to be around this place in a GT3? Yeah, I love this place. I mean, I just live two hours down the road now. And, uh, I mean, it's like a state park. And you're just ripping through the FLSs. And it is so awesome. Um, the folks here at VIR do such a great job. And uh, I love this place. Uh, I love it even more. It's Turner Motorsports GT3 car. Turner Motorsports knows how to win at VIR. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you, Shay. Ah, uh, yeah, very, very good run from Pat Gallagher. Uh, it looks like Catherine Legg is starting to lean on it as well. Another little dusty moment for the accurate number 66, mm. but she's keep she kept her foot in, and uh, she's coming back to the pit lane again. That'll just be precautionary, I think, there. But that car's no. got a bit of pace this weekend. Yes, but uh, that's twice she'd been off the road in the last, what, 15 minutes or so. This time it was a turn four. The, the left-hander, it was the right-hander at turn one. She was off the road uh, mm. just uh, not long ago. So I think she's, you know, I don't think she could be particularly happy with uh, what that car is, how that car is performing for her at this stage in the session. She was up towards the sharp end early on. She was in the top three or four in GTD. Slipped down, down a little bit, and it's been a while, I think, since she's turned a really representative lap. If they're just having a bit of a mess around with the settings. Yeah, uh, just trying a couple of things, perhaps. Yeah, yeah good could point. be. And, and the other thing, of course, that we don't know, although she can wander down uh, or up uh, and ask, is how many sets of tyres they've thrown at that car. Because tyres, Shea, and we haven't mentioned this uh, at all so far, tyres are, are not uh, an infinite resource on IMSA weekends. What's the, uh, what's the regs this weekend for WeatherTech? Seven. Seven for uh, each class. So it's not like they should run out of tires or be worried about no. it. But it's quite warm here. So we will be using these Michelin. Yeah. And I wonder how many you use now. This is only the first FP sessions. Uh, that might be interesting to find out from a couple of the teams how many, how many they've used. We know that the 96 car strapped a set of stickers on 
um, for Patrick Gallagher uh, to turn that fastest lap. And that was interesting because that was pretty much, Jeremy, at qualifying time tomorrow. We'll have that in sound and vision for those of you not at the track, whether you're in the US or, or further afield. I think that's a really smart move once again by Turner to give Patrick that new set of Michelin ties to say, right, go out, see what it feels like. And, and Mike, he, he delivered. He did. He did. I think he's going to have to, as he said himself, he's going to have to find more time tomorrow if that's... He's going to have the pole position, I think, 45-2. I don't think he's going to be good enough for the pole position tomorrow. It's, it's best uh, by better than anybody else by three-tenths of a second in this first practice session. But uh, I think times are going to be a good bit quicker than that when we get down to qualifying tomorrow afternoon. But uh, still, as you say, uh, as hot as it is, first session out, uh, he sounded you know, pretty content with the progress that team is making. I thought for, Go ahead, you know, Joe, for, Pat, for Patrick and, and Robbie Foley, they've had uh, they've had just the one podium finish this season. They've had another a fourth position to go along along with it. Uh, those are the only two top fives they've had this year, which is unusual for that team. They'd be uh, currently languishing seventh in the points table with the other BMW Paul Miller racing way out in front. So you know, they're keen to get some really good strong results to finish off this season. Just off the road there. Yes, just a little whoopsie for, again, mm -hmm. at the top end of the circuit, Brendan Arib. That number 70, Inception McLaren, which we were seeing was a bit off the pace. And Whoops. also, again, Catherine Legg uh, off the circuit. And as I'm seeing, no, it's Sheena Monk who's just got back into that car. Um, it, it, it would not be unusual uh, for Gradient to be running all tyres all the way through this session. They do like to get the car balanced up on well-used tyres. And they perhaps still have a little work to do uh, on that quarter, uh, if that's the case uh, for that. But uh, just going back to Brendan Arie, it isn't that long ago, I seem to feel, although probably 25 minutes now, since we were saying, well, that, that McLaren's not where it should be. Well, it's, it's up to fourth overall and third in its class at the moment as uh, Sheena just again losing getting a bit of understeer coming through into uh, the first part of Oak Tree at turn 11 and then as the front bites the back end breaking away and that that's a number of cars the Faf Porsche has been doing the same thing around about that point and that's breaking and turning at the same place Jeremy and getting that fine line of balance there is clearly still providing a challenge for the suspension engineers and the techs up and down the pit lane. Yeah, just look at the onboard there from uh, Sheena Muxgar. She slid off the road 11 and 12. Uh, she, that was her outlap, first of all. So she's, she's not yet up to speed fully herself. Uh, the uh, the tyres probably, I mean, you know, Catherine was out there just a few minutes ago, but she'd been off the road too. So tyres certainly not at their best yet. I think she just got a bit... Bit, uh, carried, tried to carry a bit too much speed into that corner. Plus, she looked like she was on a bit of a slightly tighter line than you would otherwise run. But again, first time out, you know, you, you don't want to be pushing the limits too hard. So uh, I think it's just a, you know, she just got on brakes a little bit too late. And just a simple mistake, I think, from Sheena on that uh, on that last lap around. This time looks a lot better through there. Yeah. Uh, but a bit bit conservative, I think, which is what she needs. Let's just get a couple of laps in. We've only got, what, five minutes remaining in this session. So get herself up to speed, get to get into a rhythm. There's more dust at that uh, uphill S's again. 
Somebody else has been off the road there too, I think, in the last few minutes. Yeah, and I, I, I think we could probably have Shea Walkman down the pit lane and ask who hasn't been off the <laughs> True. circuit at, at some point. I, I'm impressed with Sheena. You mentioned Sheena earlier on, Sheena Monk. It's, it was a big step up for her this year uh, into this championship in the GT3 cars. I, I think she's taken it um, very sensibly uh, and... She's clearly growing in confidence every time she turns laps in the car. Let's talk to a teammate, Catherine Lake, who has just got out the car after a couple of unusual off-track incidents for the British driver. Shea Adam is with Catherine now. <laughs> yeah, Kat, uh, the track looks like it's very slippery out there. Lots of people sliding off all over. What have you found as far as the conditions are? Well, I will have John know that I only had one off-track excursion. <laughs> and that was because I was messing with the, with the ABS settings and the brakes, just trying to find the best for these conditions. It's really slick out there, really slippery. Um, car is really good, though, so I think we're in good shape. That was a turn one? Yeah, just a little bit. I, I turned the ABS down, and uh, it, it didn't stop. <laughs> that would make a difference. Um, how difficult is it to come to a racetrack that perhaps you've tested at in different situations, different situations, different scenarios, different temperatures, and all of a sudden it's really warm out and a lot of other series are leaving a lot of dirt and debris on the track? So we didn't test here, so we have no frame of reference. And in one way I feel like it didn't hurt us just because the track conditions are so different. I do think, though, um, it will probably be more similar going through the weekend to how they tested here when, when all the other teams came here. So, I think we've got, I mean, I'm really happy with the baseline car that we've had at the last few races, honestly. And it's just kind of working on it here and there. Like, at the moment, we're working on curb strikes and, and being a little bit more compliant over the slow speed curbs. Um, but as far as up through the S's, the car feels really comfortable. Braking's it's normal again. Apart from when I mess with it, obviously. Um, so I think we're in a good place. Sheena's going out there now, and, and we're a life old tires. So she's finding out how slippery it is out there and uh, getting her some experience going sideways, and we'll begin. Yeah, this is the set of tires that you guys started on. So, like you said, very well worn. But as far as this track goes, Sheena, she got on a podium last year in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. So that's got to be a confidence boost where she feels better about this weekend. Yeah, we came into this weekend, and she told me much you love the track and I think uh, I mean a lot of people feel that way right um, and it is a great track and so far she's doing really good her confidence is higher we are getting better and better Ooh. there's a fire in the pit lane the number 79 WeatherTech Racing Mercedes I'll run up there and, and check and make sure everyone's okay Kat thanks for the chat thanks Shay. Yeah, that was Daniel Hunkadea who was bringing that car into the pit lane from the right front of uh, the engine bay was uh, in flame and, as ever, everybody jumping to it in the pit lane. So the white, red and blue car. Now, the car actually was sitting there. So was that a fan? That might have been a fuel issue. That was a fuel issue, maybe. Uh, that burst into flames very quickly from the right-hand side of the car. And we did have people there in the pit lane without any fireproof equipment on as well, which is a little worrying. So all down the right-hand side of the car, so not the driver's side. Uh, it's 
being dealt with very, very quickly indeed. Daniel Junkadea out of the car. But that was a very scary moment in the pit lane as Shea was talking to Kat. Um, Catherine, I apologise. I did think it was you that had gone off for turn 11 and 12 as well, but you may have uh, handed the car over by that point. Uh, and then, so Sheena must have gone off two laps in a row at the same place. Uh, then, uh, uh, sorry, turn four. It was turn four that Cat went off when she was pushing really hard. She'll not count that as an off, though, in fairness, because she was just using all of the runoff. That's why she uh, probably uh, didn't count that as an off. So I apologise anyway, Ms. Leg. Shea Adam is uh, examining the number 79 AMG. That was a nasty one, Shea, whilst you were talking to Cad. But as uh, ever, everyone pitched in in the pit lane. What's I can't see the right-hand side of the car. What does it look like? Uh, not great. The windshield is actually a bit singed as well. I can see through from where they hit it with the fire bottle. The right side of the car is very much dark, dusty. It's got the fire suppressant all over it. Um, there is a bit of flame mark actually around the wheel well. They've just taken the rear hatch off, give some more air to the area. But it looks like all the crew members are okay. There's nobody around holding any ice or anything. And Danny's actually out of the car. So that's the good news. Jewel has now hopped over the wall to take a look at it too. Big, big damage to the right side of the car there, John, particularly around the rear. I, I don't know whether it was a fuel fire or a hot brake fire, but uh, we'll get the word from that from Shay in a moment or two. Uh, the checkered flag has come out. Daniel Hunkadea is uh, over the wall with his kit off. He's taking a soft drink at the moment. And the car will need a good clean-up. The fire suppressant powder gets everywhere, but it was absolutely needed there. And they're looking in the engine bay now as well. The passenger side, the right-hand side door has been opened and there is evidence of flame damage on the front windscreen um, on the front screen should I say. Shea let's have a quick word uh, uh, with you before we do some times here and there have been a couple of late improvements I just texted with Danny Junkadea he said he was already getting out of the car before the fire began because he was supposed to switch over to Dual Gunion. so that's the good news uh, he was unbuckled and ready to get out but he said it started as soon as he got into the pit box nothing before then he was already part of the way out of the car well, that was in some ways very good look for him. A proper, proper fire, that one. Haven't seen something like that for quite a long time. A couple of Lexus improvements, Jeremy, right at the end of that session. Checker is out. Yeah, indeed. Ben Barnicos has gone to the top of the charts overall here. 145.201, so that's about uh, three hundredths quicker than Patrick Gallagher's best in the tournament what BMW. So car number 14 at the top of the charts. Uh, up into second position in GTD is his teammate Aaron Tielitz, also improved right before the chequered flag came out. 145.394 for him. So it moves him back up to second position in GTD behind Patrick Gallagher and just ahead of Phil Ellis, who just improved a lap or two before that in the Windward Racing Mercedes. Come 57 and turn to 145.422. So uh, several changes there right at the end of the session give you um, the rest of the rundown 
So Lexus number 14 on the top. That's the GTD Pro Car 145.2s we've just mentioned. Turner Motorsports BMW second, the 96 car 145.2 as well. But third of a tenth between those two. Then it's GTDs in third and fourth. The second of the Lexus and the Mercedes of Winward Racing with that Phil Ellis lap late on. The Inception Racing McLaren climbing up to fifth position about two-thirds of the way through that session. Second best of the GTD pros. He's down in sixth place, and this is the Faf Motorsport Porsche. Then it's Madison Snow and Paul Miller Racing's BMW in seventh. Eighth, Turner Motorsport BMW. Ninth, Chevy Corvette. And tenth is the Forte Racing Lamborghini. Uh, and everybody did... I think everybody did more than 30 laps. Yeah, so pretty good. Nasty moment right at the end there for the number 79. Uh, Daniel Hunkadea, WeatherTech Racing car. Uh, that car finishes in 14th position. Shea Adam was in the pit lane. Jeremy Shaw was alongside me, John Heindorf. Don't go too far away from your uh, from trackside if you are at VIR or indeed if you are listening in around the world. We've got a bit of bonus coverage coming for you uh, in a wee while because it is Michelin Pilot Challenge qualifying next. And that's live here on IMSA Radio. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.